We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Rotoviz College Fantasy Football Podcast, your place for all things Debbie, college DFS, and college football betting advice, and realistically, probably a lot of unabashed homerism. I am your host, well, co-host Matt Wispay, joined by the actual host, Stefan LeCoe. You can find us over at Rotoviz and here. You can find Stefan on Twitter at StefanLeCoe, and you can find me at WispyTheKid. And you know what? I just want to start off with something. It's uh, Let's start off with the cliche question of the week. Hey, Stefan, when was the college football season ever this crazy before? Oh, yeah, I think it's been at least, uh, let me think, Oof. 11 months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, college football's nuts, but you're all sick of hearing people say, oh, man, it's just like 07. Oh, man, it's crazy, like 2013. I don't care. Um, you, you've heard one person talk about it. They're probably smarter than me. So whatever. Um, there is some news this week, though, and we've generally been blowing through the news because, well, there hasn't even though there's been like a few injuries, nothing's ever really piled up. But. All right. So do you think Spencer Rattler's benched? I don't know. I, I, um, I really don't. I, I think he probably should be. I don't know mm-hmm. if he will be. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a half and see what happens. So. Here, so the the news out of Oklahoma right now is, by the way, they canceled media access today. So they canceled all media access, um, in large part because a student reporter for the OU Daily, um, watched from a public building. He took binoculars into a public building and watched the practice with binoculars, um, and then reported that Caleb Williams was getting all the first team reps. He then went and, and contacted Spencer Rattler's dad. And got some quotes from him and wrote this whole article up. Um, which, by the way, good on him. That's the, If you aren't granted rights or media access and you're just trying to do your hustle, good on you. Absolutely. Um, um, but so apparently that really made Lincoln Riley mad because he's trying to play it pretty coy. So a few things that did happen this week is Monday, Spencer Rattler did not practice, um, which meant Caleb Williams did get all of the first team reps because Spencer Rattler wasn't there. Um, but the reasoning is there's two separate things, which is essentially Spencer Rattler said he was feeling a little bit sick. And there's also a report that Lincoln Riley gave him the day off, both of which sort of are the same thing. Um, but with that being said, I mean, if your future is with Caleb Williams, it's really hard to go back to Spencer Rattler because he knows that he's not the starting quarterback next year. And unless he, this guy is very driven by like, screw you, I can do this. It's hard to see him bouncing back in a real way. And honestly, the fact that they came back and won, and this is now the second straight time where Oklahoma has benched him against Texas and Oklahoma won the game. It, 
it's just kind of a weird thing for him. I think that we're looking at Arizona State or Arizona's quarterback for 2022 because um, he's from Arizona, and it just makes sense. He's going to walk in and be the starter. I Honestly, I think the only schools he's not the guaranteed starter at in 2022, if he walked in, is USC and Oregon. You mean on the West Coast? Like if he in the Pac-12. In yeah, the Pac-12. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he wouldn't. No one. It, dude, Tom Brady could show up. He's not the starting quarterback at Ohio State next year. Right. Um, well, maybe. He's maybe not, because he's no, because of Michigan. Yours. It's because he went. It's because he went to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. But I mean, I think there's. I, I think in the Pac-12, which is the reason, I saw some one of angry NFL scout vet whatever his name is on Twitter tried to say, oh, we'll send him to the group of five. He's not going group of five. He's going to end up in the Pac-12. And like I said, I think my guess would be he goes to either Arizona or Arizona State. And I would pretty much let, I, I would call Arizona State the heavy favorite for him. Um, assuming that they he don't does have a end ton up of getting benched here and he doesn't go to the NFL. And if Whatever. there's not a bunch of sanctions dropped on Arizona State for all their stuff. Truth. Well. <laughs> um, all right. And then the other big news. And this, this is one huge. Is pretty much LSU's team is slowly collapsing. One of these, I think, is a an opt-out being guised as an injury, and that's Derek Stingley. He is reportedly done for the year. Um, Keishon Boutte is done for the year. And Elias Ricks today, which if you don't know him, he's a former like top 10 overall player at a high school and is um, was playing as a starting cornerback for him. Elias Ricks is done for the year. So a lot of LSU's like big-time talent is now done. And pretty much, I mean... He's not fired yet, but I mean Ed Ogeron's not the coach of Dead Man. He's not going to be the man. coach of LSU next year. No, I would um, I would put any amount of money on that, and I wouldn't even care. I wouldn't even need good juice. <laughs> like he's not going to be back. He's not like he's not going to be he's not going to be the coach next year. And truthfully, it's funny because I mean, really, USC will now because it is a hundred percent known LSU is is going to be open up. USC's head coaching job will not be filled until. LSU starts interviews or LSU openly starts to express interest in coaches because, well, that's a really good negotiating chip. So um, I would expect LSU fires at Ogeron before national signing day, before early signing period. And I would guess it's probably at least a month before so they can try and salvage a class. Um, I think you're right. It, or the, especially, or especially with LSU, where they they're going to be able to bring in a good coach, they're going to be able to bring in a great class, like they always do. Uh, wh- I mean, which this which isn't, job this do isn't you a like? Bad the, situation. No, LSU is a fantastic you, spot. Which job do you think is more lucrative at this point? Do you think USC or LSU? Where where do you think they, which which program do you think can get the higher or their first choice? Let's let me put it that way. It's hard for me to say LSU because if LSU was. Uh, I don't know that hmm, it's a tough question. I think the fact that they have a national championship in recent history, they're in the state that is maybe a top five state for class. And the fact that there's just boatloads of money, it's probably LSU, but it's honestly, it's super close. These are probably very similar level programs to me, but I also think USC just has their eye on one guy right now. And no, it's not Urban Meyer. Franklin? It's James Franklin. Yeah. James Franklin is, if I were to bet on the situation, I would say James Franklin will be the next head coach of USC. Um, I do not. Here's the thing. Urban Meyer is probably not long for the NFL, but he had an opportunity at Texas last year. He was floated the idea of USC last year. He didn't take either. Now He went to that Super Bowl ring. (laughs) I think he's done coaching. Yeah. I think this is probably, he just, he wanted to take that last shot. He took it. It looks like it's going real bad and he'll probably be done coaching, but um, let's move on though. Real quick. Let's do a quick run through of last week's bets. Um, Oh God. I'll let you start it off so we can end on a high note. (laughs) Okay. So I definitely misread the Arkansas Ole Miss game. Woof! Under 67? I don't think so. Um, misread the Notre Dame Vautech game under 47. Also terribly off. Um, I had the I had Bama minus 17 and a half. No, sir. 
Colorado State smashed San Jose State. Nick Starkle being out is a bigger deal than I thought. And then Wake, man, Wake had the opportunity to put this away in regulation. They didn't. It went long, and they ended up only winning by three. It's very frustrated, but it was a great day of college football. I was in Albuquerque with my buddy, and we watched all day with the multiple TV setup, and it was glorious. I mean, what a fantastic day. Oklahoma started off well, but yeah. Uh, for betting purposes, it sucked. <laughs> I did not watch a minute of Oklahoma, Texas. Oh, no. I did not watch a minute of Alabama A&M. No. Um, so I was at, I, I went to the Ohio State Maryland game, which, by the way, super fun. Loved yeah. it. It was a blast. My wife and I, um, we were able to leave our son with my parents, and it was it was a blast. Like, we we had a lot of fun. Um it like my wife doesn't usually like sitting around and like watching an Ohio state game, but the fact that she was like in the crowd and feeling the environment, she actually really had a good time. Um, as we are driving back to my parents, uh, I noticed, huh? Oklahoma came back. Yeah. (laughs) They were losing all game. I kind of wrote them off. Let me, let me turn this on for a second. Um, but I was also driving, so I couldn't watch. Just listen. Um, so I just was listening to the end of it. And just to be clear, like crazy game. Um, I'm, I need to go rewatch it. It's on my list of things to do of rewatching that game. Um, but then, yeah. And then I'll be, I mean, I have a kid. Yeah. I'm, and I go to bed real early. Anyway, yeah. I went to bed real early. A&M and uh, Alabama was not high on my priority list. I had just wa- like suffered through watching all of Iowa and Penn state. Um, and I was tired. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was my day, or my day. But so from a betting perspective, um, I had a good week. I was 5-4 and four plus 1.42 units. Brings me to up 9.27 units on this year. Um, the big win, or the, the big loser on my one was Alabama first half. Man, I don't, this Alabama team, I do still think they're, I, I, in my power rating system that I have going right now, I have Alabama as the second best team in the country still, I think. And I'm going to go on a mini rant after all this, but I you don't I have time can... for that. <laughs> we'll try. Um, <laughs> but so the, the big win whiffs I had Penn state ended up losing. I thought they'd win outright. They should have. Um, yeah. It's, they would have, really I mean, they would have, um, Western Michigan first half. Cool. Apparently ball state plays well when I don't want them to play well. Um, and then North Texas and Missouri under 69. They scored a lot of points. Um, but then, yeah, I hit on Northern Illinois and Toledo under 52. Ohio State pretty easily um, minus 20 and a half. Um, UK minus three versus LSU. By the way, that should have been a tarmac game um, for Ed Ogeron, but it wasn't. Uh, Air Force and Wyoming under 47 and a half. And then Rutgers, Michigan State under 50 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it was a good, it was a good overall week for me. All right. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get a word with our sponsors real quick, and then we'll come back to our bets of the week. Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Picks of the week. All right, I 
I actually spent a little bit of time on my slate this week. Um, and by a little bit of time, I mean this afternoon I was sitting in training. Um, and at the tail end of it, when we were just watching, uh, car crash videos because it was a roadside safety thing. They were doing like crash tests. Um, I managed to pull together a pretty solid slate that I feel pretty solid about. Um, the first one I want to start off with. So let's go sicko mode because I love going sicko mode. Um, Iowa and Purdue. Oh, <laughs> under Um, we all know what Iowa's defense is. It's really good. They've created, they have, I think it's like 14 picks already this year. They have like 20 something passes defense. Their pass defense is phenomenal. Um, and honestly, that is my concern on this play. The only reason I'm concerned about this play is because right now, I, if I had to guess, I think Aiden O'Connell is going to start for Purdue. He has five interceptions and just four touchdowns for the year. I do believe that he is, um, he gives Purdue a better chance of like creating explosive plays and potentially outright winning the game. But he's also basically proven that he's the reason why they could lose by 40, which is why I'm not going to play Purdue, even though I typically love double digit or double digit dogs um, with point spreads under 50. Um, I was offense is pitiful. There's really nothing about it. They have success rates in the 30%. They play at a very slow pace. They're not a good running team. Um, it's just weird. I, we all love Tyler Goodson. He's, he's averaging like four and a half yards a carry, which is fine. Um, honestly, if you're looking for him at being a prospect, continue to just to hope to see they throw him the ball, but it's going to be a low scoring game. Don't expect either team to get into the high twenties. And that's minus one ten on DraftKings, and I'm doing one unit. Nice. I, I'm going to start with a game that we were kind of just alluding to. Well, a team. Uh, you talked about LSU. You talked about how Ogeron is probably not long for the job. A lot of injuries, potentially even an opt out of uh, guys is an injury. Florida minus eleven at LSU. I'm taking it, man. Florida looks pretty decent right now. Um, but more importantly, I think this is just a bet against LSU. I don't know if this team is going to get up and play for Coach O. Uh, meanwhile, Florida has looked, I mean, they just, they're coming off a 42, nothing win. Um, they had that rough game against Kentucky, but before that they, they beat Tennessee comfortably and then played Bama really, really close. I don't think this number is big enough. Um, and, and actually a lot of places it's, it's over 12, but uh, on Caesars, you can find it at minus 11 at minus 110. So I'm not even paying that much, uh, juice on it. Um, I think Florida gets going rolls pretty easily right here. So Florida minus 11 is my first play. You know, I like that one. Um, I do. I looked at it. It's just a big number and I don't fully trust Florida yet. Um, I'm going back to the well with Alabama first halves. You know, they broke their 11 and their 11 straight game streak that they had going. Um, so you know what that means? Means they're due. They're due. Um, it's, I don't ever, if there's a lesson to be learned about betting on Alabama, it's that Nick Saban after a loss is not going to let that team be uh, compound that into a second loss. And Alabama is very, very, very good at being very good. So you have to pay a little bit of juice to get eight and a half over on Sugar House, but whatever. It's minus 117. It's not a big number, um, but it's it's eight and a half for the first half. Alabama, yeah, against Mississippi State, which I don't have to say anything about them. They're still not good. Yeah, I'm on this game too. I'm I'm just playing Alabama on the the total game. Um, I'm taking the minus 17. I know tons of money is coming in on Alabama. I know it's where the public is going, and I don't care. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and ride with it because um, I mean their last in their last 10 games uh, against Mississippi State, they're six and four against the spread, um, and they tend to take care of business fairly easily. I know Mississippi State has surprised at times this year. Um, you know, they they beat Texas A&M um, before their bye week. But I don't care. I, I really think Alabama's a much better team. I think last week was kind of um, an anomaly. I know they struggled on the road uh, versus Florida, but I don't I don't think that, uh, to your point, that Saban's going to let that happen again. I'm going to roll with, Miss, uh, with Alabama, minus 17, and... Um, tempted to go uh go ahead and play the over here but i'm not going to just going to go one unit um at minus 110 over on DraftKings. all right you know what i love bad unders. football. oh yeah that too no bad i do love unders 
but actually screw it. We'll go with an under Oklahoma state, Texas under 60 and a half. So there are 12 plus mile per hour crosswinds this whole game, which is in its own right. Cool. Uh, Texas actually likes to run the ball a fair amount and Oklahoma state's defense is actually pretty solid. And it's not the like super high flying offense that you're used to seeing. Um, I think this is just a little bit more methodical game than people are expecting. I think that if there's a team that's likely to go bananas and just blow this up, it's actually Oklahoma State, if only because uh, Texas is very prone to just allowing a lot of plays, and they're pretty prone to allowing explosive rushing plays, and Oklahoma State runs the ball on 60% of their plays. The problem at hand is they're not very good at running the ball, they have a sub 40% success rate. They get stuffed on 18% of plays, and they only generate uh, 2.7 line yards per attempt. I think this game is just going to be a little bit lower scoring than this number, which is to say that both teams get to 28. I mean, somewhere in that range. We're not talking, I don't think both teams get to 30. And if I can get one team to stay, in the twenties, I feel pretty confident we're going to get this game in the uh, under sixty and a half. So, yeah, one unit you can get it at one ten over on DraftKings. Um, yeah, I thought about playing the Oklahoma State uh, team total under, um, kind of to what you were talking about. I, I, I'm scared of Texas's offense. Um, like betting against that offense is frightening at the moment because they seem to be moving the ball. Although Oklahoma was just missing tackles left and right. I mean, that first play where Xavier Worthy just took it to the house. Through Xavier worthy. Yeah. Um, okay. My next game I am taking, this is my, uh, my one underdog of the week. We've got Iowa state traveling to Kansas state. Uh, Manhattan has been a tough place for them to play. In fact, Iowa state are zero and eight straight up in their last eight games. Um, in Manhattan, they have not lost. I mean, they've not won, man. I'm struggling today. They have not won in a while, uh, at man at Manhattan. So, Kansas State getting six and a half. I feel pretty good about that. Um, they've really been um, a thorn in Iowa State's side. And as you know, I'm not a huge Iowa State fan this year. I like Brees Hall, but I don't know if they've got much going uh, beyond that. Um, the total in this game is also, um, you know, fairly, I mean, it's high 40s. So um, no one's expecting a, a huge barn burner here. So I think Kansas State is able to keep it close. I don't think Iowa State is a type of team that can just pull away. So I'm going to go ahead and go Kansas State plus six and a half at minus 112. Hmm. I don't remember where I found that, but I think it's pretty yeah, widely whatever. I think it's pretty widely available. I'll check while you're talking. All right. Screw it. We're going another under. North Texas and Marshall. <laughs> um, so North Texas actually runs the ball a fair amount, and I'm kind of disappointed by that because they're North Texas and they're supposed to go spread. Um but Marshall passes the ball at Eastern Mountain. They're the only good offense of this bunch. And there are a lot of wins going crazy in this one. Uh, at kickoff, there's 18 mile per hour crosswinds. It slowly gets a little bit less. It gets down to like 12 mile per hour crosswinds. I just don't think North Texas is going to be able to score that much. And I think Marshall's actually going to be hindered a little bit by the, the weather conditions. And to be honest, 66 is just a really high number. And that's why I'm going two units on this one at minus 110 over on DraftKings. Um, I just I think this one's going to be a little bit lower scoring than both teams getting to the 30s again. Um, I think one of the teams, Marshall, um, is going to get affected by the wind. And I think North Texas is going to get affected by the fact that Marshall's just better than them. Yeah, that, that works. I'm going to go with one of the more chalky plays of the week. Uh, this one, you're you're hearing people talk about this everywhere, and I don't care. I'm I'm on it as well, and that is Michigan State minus four and a half at Indiana. Uh -huh. Speaking of fraudulent teams, I mean, I was out on Indiana. Took the team uh, win total under for the year. They are not doing very well. They also um, are struggling with like uh, Penix um, is not supposed to be playing this week. Um, some people might say that is a maybe um, what addition by subtraction is that is that the expression but Penix is, is out uh Penix is out for this game I, I don't think their backup is gonna I don't even know who that is um I don't think it's gonna be a problem for Michigan State to slow them down I think Michigan State rolls I think uh, we see just more from from Kenneth runner the third 
Um, I stole that joke. It's not funny when you steal jokes. Uh, but I've got one unit on Michigan State minus four oh, and a half. I'm so confused for a second. I thought you honestly <laughs> forgot his last name. <laughs> well, he's not, he ain't walking anywhere. That boy running. Um, yeah, I've got one unit on this at minus uh, 105 over on DraftKings. I'm going to be so SP Plus has this game at it should be eight, even giving a two and a half point edge, or I'm sorry, two points, because um, I have my line messed up at the moment. Um, giving even giving two points for home field advantage, it has Michigan State should be favored by eight. I do like this spot. I feel like you're you're on the right side here. Yeah, um, I think everyone is, which is like everyone's like Michigan State, and that's what makes well, me I mean, nervous. But I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm rolling State with it. Michigan quietly is actually is fairly explosive on offense. Uh, Naylor and Reed are both pretty solid quarter. I mean, pretty solid wide receivers. Um, I don't think you're looking at either one of them as. Um, did you like, see Naylor last week? I know you were at the game. He had like no. four catches for 200 yards and three yeah, touchdowns. It was so stupid. I mean, <laughs> like, he, he he was one of the things that like kind of killed the DFS slate. Yeah. Um, last week. And we'll we'll take about two seconds of whining about that between the both of us. Um, yeah. All right. Um, garbage football time. Bowling Green plus nine and a half <laughs> against Northern Illinois. This Gross. total's in the 40s. Um, Bowling Green's been a little bit frisky this year. They're not good. Let's be, they're not good. They, I'm pretty sure they lost to Akron last week. They're not good. Um, but it's a really low total and Northern Illinois cannot score quickly. Um, neither can Bowling Green. So I think we're going to get that under in this game. And I almost took the under, but I'm going to take the near double digit dog in this one in a conference game. You can get a minus one twelve over at Sugar House. I have one unit on it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know what team we didn't like at all? We I think we use terms like dumpster fire and avoid at all costs and everyone's transferring out and this team is garbage. Uh, that's the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, and yet, somehow, they've got one of the most explosive, most fun offenses coming into town in Ole Miss. And, and Ole Miss is only laying two and a half, two and a half points. And yet... Every person I've listened to, every podcast I've listened to is like, take Tennessee plus three, take Tennessee plus three. And I think everyone's wrong. Ole Miss minus two and a half is available on FanDuel at minus 118, and I am going to be hammering it. Now, for the purpose of the show, I'm putting one unit on it because I had a lot of other bets I liked. But this is one of my favorite bets of the week. I think everyone's just flat wrong. Tennessee, like, yeah, they have a fine record. They're, they're four and two. They're three and three against the spread. But their wins are against South Carolina, terrible. Mizzou, terrible. Tennessee Tech is, I mean, Tennessee Tech. And Bowling Green, like, they haven't beat anyone. And they sure as hell aren't going to beat Ole Miss. And they sure as hell aren't even going to keep it close. Ole Miss is going to roll. we got Lane coming back to Tennessee. He's got some some shit to prove. This is going to be a blowout. Um, I think everyone's wrong. There, I said So, it. I'm going to ask you a question. Who, what team, this is trivia, what team oh, leads the country in seconds per play? And by leads, I mean has the fewest. Fewest seconds per play? Fewest I'm, seconds per play. Tennessee, I'm guessing, based on the context? No, it's actually Utah State. But number two is Ole Miss <laughs> with 20.8 okay. seconds. And number three is Tennessee at 20.9. These two teams play fast. kind of absurdly fast. But they also run the ball a fair amount. Um, which is why if I were actually advising anyone on on the total in this game. Um, number one, I'd say stay away. Number two, I'd say under. Um, this game is going to be a whole lot of fun. I don't know which team's going to win. I I just told to you, agree. Matt. I just told you I who's going to win. With your side, because I think that Ole Miss is more talented. But I'm just, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know that they're, they're not a good team, but Josh Heupel seems to be a decent coach. Yeah. And bringing a super fast offense is, uh, is fun. Oh, you know who's way. you know who's used to playing against a super fast offense and practice every week? Ole Miss. Come on now. By the way, I forgot to look at my uh, pace stats. Uh, number four, Marshall. Number seven, North Texas. I'm really loving that underplay I had before. Um, I still love it. Still love it. It's windy. All right. So we talked about him a lot before. Uh, Oklahoma. I don't know who the hell their starting starting quarterback is. Yes, I do. It's Caleb Williams. Um, I believe that last week was one of those like all the adrenaline, all everyone's out there. No one's really expecting Caleb Williams. 
they didn't prep for him. Um, I think TCU is going to be a little bit prepared for Caleb Williams. Um, I think they're going to be able to keep this game within two touchdowns. Well, the number is actually moving more and more towards Oklahoma, so you might be able to wait until Saturday and see it pop at a 14, maybe even get a 14 and a half. But I'm taking TCU laying 13, or I'm sorry, catching 13 and a half. Uh, I even get a little bit of juice on this one. It's only minus 105 over at DraftKings, and I'm going to put one unit on it. I think Gary Patterson's a good coach. I was tempted to play the other side of this, honestly. I think Oklahoma had a get-right game last. Like, I think that was their get-right game. I think they're going to start to roll here. But I didn't like it enough to play it. Um, I'm, But I I don't know if I love that bet. I'm a little bit nervous for you, my friend. It's a fine. little bit nervous. Of course, I'm doing I'm allowed to have a losing... I, I mean, I can have a losing week, and I will be okay. Yeah, you'll still, be cr- you'll still be crushing me. Um, so... I've got. I'm gonna go back to back here because I still have four on the board. You've got two. I'm gonna give you my two um, heavy, heavy favorites right here. Uh, the first, Kentucky at Georgia minus 21 and a half. It's not enough points, man. Uh, Georgia is just crushing it this year. We all know that they're everyone's number one team right now. They're six and zero. They're five and one against the spread, um, and that is even with the, they're being pretty decently um, impressive lines out there. Um, it doesn't seem to stop them so um i i think the 21 and a half isn't isn't enough um in fact i don't think they've played anyone outside of that opening game against clemson where they haven't won by at least uh, 23 points so i don't think kentucky while yes they're undefeated all respect but i i don't think they've really proven a whole lot yet anyway i think this is gonna be their first real test and they will fail and at minus 105 on FanDuel, i will lock up georgia minus 21 and a half Oh, I was going to give you two. <laughs> My other one is I'm taking Cincinnati minus 21. Uh, UCF, we all know that Dylan Gabriel is out, um, and, and their backup quarterback just has not been able to be near effective enough. Um, and, and since he's been out, UCF has really struggled. They were only able to put up 20 points against Eastern Carolina. Uh, they lost to Navy. Uh, I, I feel pretty comfortable that, that Cincinnati rolls here. Cincinnati, um, they want to make the playoff, and... With Wisconsin, uh, with um, some of these wins they've had, like Notre Dame, that win may not be quite as impressive. The Indiana win they had earlier this year, certainly not as impressive as it was at the time. Cincinnati wants some style points. I think they do not hesitate to run up the score. Uh, they, they, they call their number, and I don't think UCF can, can hold up in a track meet with Dylan Gabriel out. So I'm going to go minus 21, big number, but I'm not afraid to lay it, and I got it at bet MGM at minus 110. I'm curious like what your thoughts spot. on that one because you you're a Cincinnati guy. So I'm so as a Cincinnati guy, I'm going to tell you that Cin- uh, I think Cincinnati is very good. I think this is a spot where they are going to put up a lot of points. I like your side. Um. All right. I got. I have two more left on the board. Um. I think the wrong team is favored in Boston College and NC State. I think that Boston College is a well-coached team. I think they are um, figuring out how to play without their starting quarterback. Um, And to be honest, I think NC State's a tiny bit fraudulent. I think they're one of those teams that is still riding on um, preseason hype of people thinking they're going to be above five and a half wins on the year. Um, I I think catching three points in this one at home. I really like uh, Boston college in this game and it's only minus one Oh five over at DraftKings. You tempted to do the money line at all or no? I mean, I'm always tempted at money line, but no, not in this one. Not so much. Yeah. I actually had NC state on my list. I, I thought minus three was fine for, N- for NC state. And I put it on my card. And then when I researched it and I was like, I'm going to stay away from this one. So I don't know. If I, I'm not going to play this one, uh, but I was too nervous to actually bet NC State. So I think you might be onto something here. And I, I could see this being a bit of a letdown for NC State. Um, my next one is, it's kind of gross. I don't want to watch this game. I'm taking San Diego State minus nine at San Jose State. Uh, there's a chance that Nick Starkle is back for this Friday night game. I don't know if it's going to matter. They San Jose State has just been struggling so much on defense, giving up. Um, 30 plus points in the last couple of games against, you know, Colorado State, New Mexico State, not good teams at all. Um, and their defense hasn't been able to slow them down. Uh, meanwhile, San Diego State um, is 5 and 0. They're 4 and 1 against the spread. 
They are looking really, really strong. Um, I think that they have uh, another really good performance. They're six and two ATS in the last eight against San Jose State. I think they make it seven and two. Um, this line's not big enough. I like it up to 13 and a half, but I will take it at minus nine at DraftKings at minus 110. So my last play of the week is a is actually my most confident play of the week, um, and it is on a team that averaged 26 points last year and is now averaging over 50 points per game, um, and that's the Pitt Panthers. Um, when did Kenny Pickett become good? When we started talking about him. He's always I mean, been good. He's always been he's good. Not, he's not good. Um, <laughs> it is funny that way, we've talked about I, him a lot, though, on this show. <laughs> we are. Yeah, but I will also point out that there are people now hyping him as the QB1 in the 2022 oh, class. He's no, not. No, no, they um, aren't. But there are people saying that. Oh, and, Jesus. Um, don't, don't do that. But Pitt is only having to lay four and a half points on the road to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a little bit scary place. But I do want to point out that Pitt's offense, like I said, it's at it's it is one of the most efficient offenses in the country. It ranks third in yards per play and number one in points per game. Um, Kenny Pickett is averaging uh, like 10 yards per attempt. He is very strong. And I think that this is a week when they go out there and score quite a bit. And even if they, so I looked at a few of the advanced numbers on this one and they basically hold an edge in against run. Uh, their run offense holds an edge against Virginia Tech's run defense. Their pass offense holds an edge against Virginia Tech's pass defense. I think they're going to have no issues moving the ball. Um, but even if Virginia Tech does slow them because they play a little bit slower pace, I think this is a spot where like, even if they get hold them into the 30s, that's more than enough against a Virginia Tech offense that does have quite a bit of weaknesses in there. With their running game is non-existent, and they do still try and like forcefully run the ball. Um and Burmeister, for as good as he, like, as much as he looks good as a runner, he's actually pretty inefficient as a passer. So I think this is just a game where Pitt kind of handles it. Uh, my own, And honestly, like, I, I think this is just the best offense that Virginia Tech will have played all year, and I think they're going to struggle quite a bit. It. My only concern is if this game gets a little bit ugly in the same way that the North Carolina game did early on. But even in that spot, I just I think Pittsburgh's offense is – more complete and is a little bit just uh they they have good wide receivers and North Carolina just didn't so I think Pittsburgh runs away with this one and I don't think there's much worry in this spot wow what a statement the be- Pitt being the best offense that they've played wow I I didn't expect well, you to you say that North, do, do you think I, North Carolina is better I'm not I that's why it's so crazy is because I I do in theory, but then when you look at the numbers and you actually like think about it, you might be right. And that's well, insane. They had Josh Downs in his first game is really a starter. They had Ty Chandler in his first game for the program. And they had, I mean, Sam Howell was the, the one really lone piece from the prior year because they had lost multiple yeah. thousand yard receivers and multiple thousand yard rushers. It was one of those things where that the time when they played North Carolina, I mean, North- not very good. <laughs> I mean, North Carolina only put up 10 points to your, like, that kind of proves your point there. But, yeah, it's just crazy to think about because I wouldn't have, it's not something I would be like, yes, Pitt is, has a better offense than UNC. <laughs> but you're probably yeah. right. Well, Pitt had, honestly, Pitt has a better offense right now than most, like, everyone, everyone except for Ohio State, maybe. Um, yeah. That's how good it is. And so I, I just think this is a spot where they go out there and they put up a lot of points. So, yeah, two units, 110 over a points bet. I like it. I'm I'm gonna give you my biggest play. You know, I I love uh, Britney Spears, and I just feel like that. You know, hit me, baby, one more time. Like I just keep rolling with this team, and they keep disappointing, and I don't care. I can't quit Fresno State. I just can't do it. And uh, Fresno State minus three and a half at Wyoming. Um, I think it's a good. I think that's a really valuable <laughs> bet right there. I, I don't think that's a big enough number. Uh, Fresno State are four and one um, against the spread. In their last five games uh, against Wyoming, I think uh, I think we're going to see them win again, win comfortably. I don't know what happened. I mean, that Hawaii game was it was kind of rough traveling out there. I think I'm going to start making that a principal play. Teams from the Mountain West traveling to Hawaii when they're like heavy favorites, go ahead and fade that. But they've had some time to get healthy. Jake Hayner is supposed to be back for this game. Uh, he's probable for for this one. So. I think Fresno State gets back on a roll. They, they've been really tough this year. They've been a really good team. We remember them from the beginning of the year where they 
were playing. Uh, they played Oregon really tough. They ended up beating UCLA. We all remember that. Um, I think that they win this game by a touchdown. So that three and a half feels really good. I'm going to go put two units on it uh, over at points bet at minus 110. All right. And since I'm looking at our show time right now and we are shorter than normal at this point, I'm going on this rant, I promised y'all. Um, so I tweeted it out early this week um, that I don't think people understand the difference between what an AP, what like the polls say and what a power rating is. And just at a very basic level, I have to give like an explanation. A power rating is who would be favored on a neutral field. And this isn't, oh, they have better quality wins. Oh, this team has beaten so-and-so this team did this this team your resume means nothing because what they're a power rating is trying to figure out is if you matched these two teams up which one would vegas favor and it's in vegas right now the top three teams are georgia at one alabama at two ohio state at three but Oregon beat Ohio State. I'm yeah, just kidding. I'm kidding. Play, if they played again tomorrow, oh, yeah. Ohio State would probably again be favored by two touchdowns. It's one of those things where when these... I'm going to say like, 10, but I get your point. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a fairly yeah. large spread. Like I, yeah. so the reason, and the I would that, bet Ohio State again. <laughs> the thing that pushed me to going on this mini rant and putting that tweet out there was largely because of the fact that there, I think it was Fox Sports put out a thing and it said, who would you pick, um, Ohio State or Cincinnati, if they played tomorrow? And you looked and it was all these people. Cincinnati's beaten this. Cincinnati's done that. Cincinnati has ranked wins, blah, 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 blah. And I sat there and said, and yet Vegas would favor Ohio State by more than a touchdown. Yep. It 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 is not debatable who is the Vegas thinks is the better team and who Vegas is willing to take liability on. Um, and that is a thing that people have to understand is power rating is very different than power ranking. So when you see the F, uh, what is it? The FPI, is that what it is for ESPN? And you yeah. see these, all these different power ratings that are out there and you see them and you question it or you see S and P plus and you're like, why is Iowa at 10? Well, it's because Iowa wouldn't be favored on a field against nine teams above it. Why is um, Arizona State so high? They have a dumb loss on their record. Well, it's because they would beat and they'd be favored on a field against all but 10 teams or something. Like it's it's these things that people don't quite get and they try and like look at. It. And I saw the last week when ESPN put their FBI out, all the comments were, these are the worst rankings ever. I can't believe it. <laughs> How do you have Iowa not? Like it was legitimately just a bunch of people who thought it was. Why aren't you looking at their resume and no one should care? Because resumes don't matter in power ratings. Only your production and talent um, and what Vegas is willing to take a liability on you. So um, let's move on because uh, I did promise a rant, but I uh, let's keep it I thought your brief. I thought your rant was going to be about how annoying it was that we both put up a lot of points in DFS and neither one of us cashed because the, the slate was just freaking crazy. Like I rolled out Kennedy Book Brooks. Trevion Henderson, Marvin Mims, and I still didn't cash. Like, it was freaking annoying. Uh, yeah, I was killed. I pretty much, my uh, ship was sunk when I had Spencer Rattler. Uh, yeah. Because I had the great QB play of the slate. Like, I had the cheap one that actually uh, went bananas, and that was KJ Jefferson. Um, immediately after I put Brock Bowers on, a, on my squad, I realized it was a terrible idea. Um, because he had to score multiple touchdowns. Um, and that was just, it was a dumb play by me. Don't put Brock Bowers in any of your teams. It doesn't really matter how good the the play is. Um, Sean Tucker, that that guy's a dude. Yeah, man. Um, he had like I hate a, him. I hated him because I had that wake minus five and a half. And they could not stop him. He was yeah, he, freaking he killing it. Um, and then he, did, did you see, did you see any of that game? He had this one uh, play where minimal. he's he's he hits the gap and he just does a little stutter step and the the Wake Forest defender just buckled over and he just walked right past him. It was nasty. It was yeah. such a good cut. But so I mean, I I put up like a one seventy two. I think was my final number. The cash line was like near two hundred. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was probably like right around one ninety. 
I'm going to put this out there. I've had weeks where I had 160 and I cashed. I've had weeks where I had 140 and I was right on the line. This wasn't, it was just one of those weeks where there were certain things that went bananas. And it was, uh, if you, if you went and smashed Ohio state. So if you had basically any of Ohio state's players, you were, you were killing it. If you had the Michigan state stacks, you were killing it. Um, and then like Sean Tucker, um, I think Traylon Smith was probably in that group. Kennedy Brooks was another guy. It, Kennedy were Brooks, just, and Trevion combined for like eighty points. <laughs> so yeah, stupid. I mean, it was just it was. It and was I had one them both weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, well. Yeah. But let's move on to this week um, because last week was last week. We both lost. D F S. I had to. <laughs> Not nah, you have to drop hit the drop. All right. I'm starting it off. I already talked about my don't care. Kenny Pickett, 8,400. I think they're scoring a lot of points here. Um, I think Virginia Tech's defense is pretty solid, but I don't think it's amazing. And I think Kenny Pickett has allowed his team to score a lot of points every single week. So, yeah, give me that. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, what, the second highest um, priced quarterback um, at 84. But, yeah, he's also averaging the most points. Um uh, can't argue with it. I'm I'm saving three hundred dollars, and I'm going with Desmond Ritter against UCF. As I said, I think this is I think this is going to be a pretty high scoring game. Uh, we've got UCF giving up um, the 135 ranked pa- passing defense, so I, I think we see a lot of uh, a lot of touchdowns in this game um, through the air for Desmond Ritter. And of course, we know that he can do damage on the ground. And I think they're going to want to put up a lot of points. They're going to need to put up points early to make sure they put this one to bed pretty quickly. So Desmond Ritter um, is my starting QB. I just lost the slate on uh, actually on DraftKings. Um, so I just got real confused. Um, my next play. With, oh, you're good. You're good. Why don't you give I'm both your running backs? Um, so Kenneth Walker's awesome. I'm playing Kenneth Walker. That's my first one. Uh, my second one is a little bit more off the radar, and it's Devin Akane um, out of Texas A&M. I'm targeting Missouri's run defense every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awful. It's genuinely horrific. I, I understand he's, they've played against some decent running backs. And I, I will say they have played against respectable competition. Um, Devin Akane is the one, to me, He's um, he is faster than Isaiah Spiller. And I think his likelihood of getting into the open field and having a breakaway like 80-yard touchdown makes him a little bit more valuable for me. I think Spiller's going to get more work. So I think, honestly, both of them are really legitimate plays. So uh, give me a cane at 5,100. And uh, Walker, 6,700. Um, they're just going to be good. So I think yeah. that's, a, that's my analysis. Well, and to, to your point, Missouri's giving up not 186. I had to double-check this. 286 rushing yards a game that is filthy which is why uh i am with you on your texas a&m play but i'm going i am going with isaiah spiller at 6600 and uh my other running back happens to be kenneth runner the third uh because he is like you said freaking awesome so yeah we we have similar plays there i'm I'm rolling with michigan state um indiana again i think they're not very good i think kenneth walker is the heartbeat of this um, Michigan State team, I think they lean on him. I mean, he he is just crushing it. He had 29 carries for 233 last week um, against a Rutgers team that was able to shut down Michigan's run game. He's real good. Um, so I'm with you. I'm going with Kenneth Walker and then just taking the other running back in that A&M Missouri game. Quit being such a copycat. I didn't um, even see yours, man. Yeah, well, mine's been up in a public place for you to look at. Um, <laughs> but I don't do it. I know. Um, I'm going to go with a stack play for my first wide receiver. And that's, so I, if I think Kenny Pickett's going to do awesome, that means I think Jordan Addison's going to do awesome because that's his primary target. He is expensive. He's 8,000. 8, um, he's, I think, let me look at it. He is the second most expensive wide receiver on the slate, but he's averaging 29 fantasy points per game. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I think even if Virginia Tech slows him down a little bit, they're not going to slow him down a lot. So give me Jordan Addison. I, I'm okay with whatever I have to pay. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on paying up for my wide receiver one. I'm going with the most expensive 
wide receiver on the week. I'm going with Josh Downs. He's averaging just under 30 points a game. Miami's defense is is not good when they play um, upper tier offenses, which I know um, North Carolina has been up and down, but Josh Downs is the man. Uh, if you look at just, <laughs> he's got nine receptions, eight receptions, eight receptions, eight receptions, eight receptions. Like he's got touchdowns in every game. He's just absolutely crushing it. His worst game in the last month and a half was eight receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. Like he's crushing. So I, I liked being able to to spend up there um, and, and I didn't go with a stack with with Ritter because I think Ritter will do some of the work on the ground. Um, who's your next uh, wide receiver? So I mentioned earlier in the show that Keishon Boutte is out. Um, I'm, I believe that someone in that room is going to pop off, and I think that they would benefit a lot from just starting to go to their youth. The guy I believe in the most of their two freshmen, because they have two freshmen, Deion Smith and Brian Thomas Jr., I believe in Deion Smith more and I can get him for 3,100. Um, LSU is going up against, oh, blanking. Who's LSU is playing Florida. Oh, Florida. Yeah, Florida's defense is fine. It's not great. Um, they rank on this slate. They're actually like the seventh wor- or seventh best against passing success rate, but I, I'm not really too worried about it. They do let up a fair bit of explosiveness, and I think that's where you're going to get one or two breakoff plays to a receiver, and I think Deion Smith is the guy they're going to just start to focus on a little bit more each week. So give me Deion Smith. This one's a little bit punty, and it's just because I, I wanted to have a couple of other expensive guys, and Smith gave me some flexibility. Yeah, um, I was looking at that game, and I just I went with Smith a couple of weeks ago when Boutte was obviously still there, and... He scored a touchdown for me, but I just wouldn't. I didn't know which LSU guy to to target. So instead, I'm going to a Nebraska wide receiver, uh, the only one really worth um, any mention, and that is Samori Torre. He is um, getting work done on the ground as well. He's he's getting opportunity to run the ball a little bit, um, but he's their number one wide receiver. And this Minnesota defense shouldn't be too tough for them. I, I think he has a pretty good game. Uh, Minnesota is very good against the run. Uh, therefore, I think Nebraska is going to have to lean on the pass game, which is terrifying if you're a Nebraska fan. Uh, but Tory seemed like a nice, safe floor play. Um, and at $5,400, it wasn't too too expensive. So uh, he's my wide receiver, too. Um, Charleston Rambo. Uh, I had him in my lineup at one point. I took him out, but he was on there. So Rambo is playing. Miami is going up against North Carolina, as you mentioned. Uh, North Carolina is one of, they are a team that allows a fair bit of explosiveness and they actually let up a pretty consistent success rate at 43%, which typically you don't see both. Um, I, I don't know that I believe in Miami, um, in Miami's quarterback situation, but I do believe that there is, um, they're going to keep going with like, I don't know just kind of get into a shootout mode. And I think this game gets a little bit high scoring and I think that benefits them. They're going to chuck it around a little bit. They're only running the ball on 42% of plays. So that means nearly 60% of the time they're throwing it. Charleston Rambo is pretty easily their best wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I, I love this play. Uh, Mike Harley, their other wide receiver is more expensive averages, fewer points a game. I didn't really understand the logic there. So I think if you want to if you want to kind of get the other side of what could be a pretty fun explosive game, because Miami is going to have to play catch up. I think I think Charleston Rambo is a great place to go, and he's not that expensive. Like you said, he's only sixty one hundred, and uh, we all remember that game he had uh, a couple weeks ago um, against uh, Michigan State, where he had twelve for one hundred and fifty six and two touchdowns, and was just unstoppable. So I, I like that play a lot. Um, my next play is gross. Uh, this is one of the places you're probably wondering, like. How do you still have money left, Stefan? Because <laughs> you're spending up on the, all these running backs. Um, got Ritter in there. Well, it's because I'm going with Lad McConkey for Georgia. Um, <laughs> I know it's gross. He's coming off uh, five receptions for 135 um, and a touchdown. Uh, he 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 seems to be something somewhat of a focal point of their offense. Um, freshmen sometimes take a little while to get to get rolling. We saw that with Xavier Worthy as well. Uh, while Lad is not quite the same quality uh, athlete. There's a lot of opportunity in that Georgia room. 
Um, and Kentucky can score. So I think Georgia um, is going to need to put up points. And I think Vlad gets at least one score. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to play him at, at a cheap option uh, at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Now I have to look up how to spell his name. And I'm <laughs> mad at you for that. L-A-D-D-M-C-C-O-N-K-E-Y. <laughs> it just took me a second. Um, yeah, that's gross. Yep. Um, Xavier Henderson. Uh, Ooh, I like it. I like it. Wide receiver, Florida. So you remember how we mentioned all of those injuries on LSU's secondary and how they're quitting on this year and how they've quit on this team? Um, yeah, that's a good thing for opposing wide receivers. Um, Florida's going to score points. I don't need it. I don't feel like I need a ton of analysis. Um, yeah, Xavier Henderson's the best wide receiver on Florida right now um, because it makes me sad because it should be Justin Shorter. Pour one out for Justin. I know, right? Um, um, but yeah, so for me, he was he's a reasonably priced uh, wide receiver who I think is going up against a defense that just lost all of its talent and uh, should have opportunities to get a few big plays out of there. I think he is, he may end up, I'm a little worried he's going to be kind of chalky on this slate. Um, so yeah, I, I don't whatever. know if he will be. I don't think he will be because his, his average points per game is pretty low because he started off the year not all that involved in the offense and he has become so. And I think it's a great play, but I don't, I, I think he ha- might have pretty low ownership. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, uh, you didn't like Lad McConkey. Wait till you get this one. I'm going with Marquise Irving and there's no way you're going to spell Marquise correctly. Yeah. It's uh, something like M A R K E E. Yeah, his name's But dumb. there's an apostrophe. <laughs> it is not. He has a lovely name. I love his name. Marquise, I know you're listening. Um, so you're going to ball out. So he's the third string running back for Minnesota. But we all know that Mo Ibrahim, anybody Mo Ibrahim is gone. Uh, Potts is out. So Irving is Dead. the last guy standing. And Minnesota likes to run the ball. And they like to utilize one guy a lot. This is strictly, well, it comes down to two things. It's strictly a volume play because um, he's, he's going to get cheap. the work. And two, three thousand nine hundred dollars for a running back. Sign me up. <laughs> so for that, yeah, for a running back that is on a team that still realistically wants to run the ball like seventy five percent of the time. Um, I do like this play. I I also looked at him. <laughs> um, if I hadn't punted with Deion Smith, this was probably my punt spot. Yeah. Um, so super flex. I'm I want to look at something. So you have seven thousand dollars left in your soup going into your super flex. I have seventy one hundred. Um are you wondering if we have the same guy? I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. So um <laughs> I hate doing this. It's so gross. I'm rolling out Stetson Bennett. No, we don't have the same guy. Georgia quarterback. He's been playing pretty well recently. He's also been running the ball. Uh, he had 40 yards on the ground last week um, and uh, two touchdowns to the air. Again, I think they're going to want to put up put up points against Kentucky. Um, of course, they're going to want to put up points. I think they're going to need to push the envelope a little bit early because Kentucky um, has been feisty, and they don't want to keep them around. You don't want to keep a feisty um, opponent around. I'm curious who you have. Who are you going with at court? At, at I think Superflex? my play is a little more is a little more fun and has some more upside. Oh, maybe I'm going to. I might have to change mine then. Maybe. Um, I'm going with Tyler Van Dyke, new starting quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes to go along with my Charleston Rambo play. Yeah. Like I said, I think that uh, North Carolina's defense, I mean, we just saw, I mean, Florida State torched this team. Um, I think there's a chance. I don't think Miami's good. Let me be clear. I still don't think Miami's not good. But I do think they're going to score some points in this game. I think Van Dyke is a low ownership guy because – I mean, how do you start the guy that was basically named starter because everybody got hurt? Right. Um, I'm, I I really like this. And I, unlike you, I'm okay leaving $200 on the board. Mm-hmm. So I got him at 6,900. Um, yeah. Uh, that one oh. was, it was a little gross, but when I was picking my, uh, my second quarterback, I said, you know what? We're going to dig a little deeper for this one. Um, yeah. We're going to pick a spot where I can uh, pivot off of some of the uh, 
other plays because they're I mean to be honest this slate has quite a few cheap quarterbacks well Calzada at 6300 I liked um, um I, Jaron Hall at 7,000 was another one that I looked at uh by the way my guy KJ Jefferson still only 7,500 Peyton Thorne yeah oh dude we've seen Peyton He's Thorne at 7,300 is uh is slick um Jaron Hall against Baylor is yeah. quietly a nice play um if if you believe that uh, Oklahoma State is going to go out there and give Texas a run for their money, um, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong guy because I was looking at Illingworth because we talked so much about him last season. Um, but you could have Spencer Petrus. Don't do Spencer Petrus. But, yeah, I, I think it's it's a nice slate. I, uh, yeah, I agree. I actually think this is, this is another week where you're going to get a few interesting ones. Last week I felt like I was like, I don't want to say bullied, by the slate into like certain plays. Um, but yeah, it was, I think this week's a little bit nicer and I like, I like some of the options that are out there and I think you might get a little more diversity in lineups. So you're less likely to have like a 200 point payout line. So I like right. the spot. I like the slate. I am, uh, I also like, I also like Emory Jones. He's, he's like the fourth most expensive quarterback, but I could see oh, him. Emory. The, the only the only reason I didn't want to go with him is I could see Richardson getting a couple of looks at quarterback too, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that just made me nervous. But yeah, it's gonna be a fun slate. Let's uh, let's do a breakdown here. Let's go back through um, our our uh, best bets for the week. Um, I'll go first. I've got uh, my favorite play again is Fresno minus three and a half at Wyoming. Then I've got Michigan State minus four and a half at Indiana. San Diego State minus nine at San Jose State. Iowa State at Kansas State, plus six and a half. Alabama, minus 17 at Mississippi State. UCF at Cincinnati, minus 21. I've got Ole Miss, minus two and a half at Tennessee. Love it. I've got Kentucky at Georgia, minus 21 and a half. And finally, Florida, minus 11 at LSU. All right. So we're going to kick it off. Uh, I have Boston College, plus three uh, against NC State. I've got my favorite play of the week, two units on Pittsburgh, minus four and a half against Virginia Tech. I've got Iowa and Purdue under 43 because I'm a sicko. Bowling Green, plus nine and a half at Northern Illinois because I'm a sicko. North Texas and Marshall under 66 because for some reason I forgot to look at pace. <laughs> do, uh, you still want two, do you still I want still two units? Want two units, and I, I don't care because it's windy. Um I've got TCU plus 13 and a half at Oklahoma because they now know who Caleb Williams is. Oklahoma State and Texas under 60 and a half. And then Alabama coming back from their, their sad and pitiful loss. And they're going to cover eight and a half in the first half against Mississippi State. Sad and pitiful loss. I like and it. And then we've got on uh, my DFS, I am kicking it off with the man, the myth, the old guy, Kenny Pickett. I've got Devin Kane, Kenneth Runner. Yeah, no, we'll call him what he is. Kenneth Walker, the 17th, Jordan <laughs> Addison, Deion Smith, Charleston, Rambo, uh, Xavier Henderson, and then wrapping it up with one Tyler Van Dyke, because who doesn't love a guy that has a double, uh, has two parts to a last name? I love it. I love people like that because I'm Dutch and there's vans all over the place. It's, it seems like it's standard operating procedure for you. Absolutely. All right, I'm going Desmond Ritter. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going Desmond Ritter, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker III. Going with Josh Downs, Samori Torre, Lad McConkey, McConkey, sorry, uh, Marquise Irving, and then wrapping it up with <laughs> Stetson Bennett. Oh, it's gonna be glorious when he throws four touchdowns all to Lad McConkey, and I walk away with. I guess this one we only walk away with a thousand bucks when we bring it down because it's a dollar entry, but. Um, it's still going to be glorious. Hey, you know what a thousand dollars is? Yeah, I mean, it covers my it ass. It's an for... opportunity to bet a thousand dollars on Alabama minus eight and a half. <laughs> it's um, it's going to cover my ass for being negative four hundred on my units for the week. I mean, for the for the season. Jesus, well, I am uh, I'm rooting for you this week. Let's do it. I, uh, wow, hey, I I'm also rooting for you. By the way. Let me let me double check this because I believe that we have the start of the run for UMass where all of a sudden they might be able to start picking up some wins. Let me find it. They did uh, beat UConn last week. They did. So they beat UConn and do they play? No, they're off this week. So it starts next week. Uh, I'm UMass, going to fade them so hard next week. I don't care who they well, next play. Next week they've got Florida State. 
Oh, maybe not. One sec, one sec. Am I looking at this wrong? Okay, so over their next stretch, this it's actually not. I was I was wrong about this. They've got at Florida State and at Liberty. Those are two losses. Then we've got the stretch of dreams. Uh, you've got Rhode Island and Maine, and then you have one more where they're going to get killed in Army. And then they wrap up the year to try and get over that one and a half win total with New Mexico State. Yes. Um, I'm just putting this out there. We're going to get this. And I had three units on them going over one and a half. They're going to get this. <laughs> but they're going to get it at Rhode Island. I love it. I forgot that you took that. <laughs> that was my heaviest play of my entire future one. Um, and I am so dead on futures. So yeah, I I'm doing okay. Um, and my uh, my Maryland fade it might actually not have been a terrible call. Now that they're playing decent teams, they look pretty shitty. So well, we'll see. everyone. Uh, so let's be clear. I have to say this. Everyone's going to look bad against Ohio State. Ohio State has fixed a lot of the garbage they were. They're letting up yards, but they're not letting up scores. I'm making an Oregon O for you right now, just to remind you, because I'm an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> your, your video feed goes real spotty during this, so I'm not looking at it. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, Oregon was another one that I wanted to play. Uh, they're, they're playing Friday night against Cal. They're at home, 13 and a half. I wanted to play it, but all the smart people I listened to said don't. So I didn't, but I want to anyway. Do you want me uh, to tell you to play it so you can, feel I mean, I, I'm not putting it on the card. I'm definitely playing it. I'm definitely gotcha. putting my money on it. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you guys next week as my voice cracks. Um, I'm excited. There's not like any marquee marquee matchups, but there's some sneaky fun games. And usually it's the weeks that you're not expecting to be great that are fucking awesome. So um, I'm expecting glorious, glorious things. Anything you'd like to leave our listeners with, Matt? Buy a Mecca Egg Buka. There you go. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>